Hi, this is Bernie Dake. Welcome to the Salvation Army's Words of Life. Welcome back to the Salvation Army's Words of Life, and welcome back to you, Cheryl. Thank you. It's good to be here, Bernie. I have enjoyed being in the studio with you talking specifically about Major Susie Erickson's book, Barefoot Cinderella's. Yes, it has been inspirational. It's been powerful and so relevant to so many of our listeners. And we're so grateful for Susie to share her stories and others to join her along the way. Absolutely. As we continue our series, Barefoot Cinderella's, today Susie's joined by Salvation Army officer Christina Murphy. She and Susie talk about the pain of infertility, miscarriage, and the incredible journey of adoption. This is a powerful story, so we're going to get right to it. Good morning. I'm uh, Major Susie Erickson uh, with the Salvation Army. And today in the studio, I have Major Christina Murphy, who is a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. We are both women who did not come into motherhood the traditional or easy Mm -hmm. way. Is that right, Christina? That's right. And um, I share my story about um, the loss of our son, um, baby Neil, in uh, Chapter 5, Prince Charming of Barefoot Cinderella's. But Christina, you have your own uh, silent heartaches that you have carried into motherhood as well. Could you share some of your story with us today? Yes, I would love to. Um, We got married in, seems so long ago, 1999. And uh, after five years of marriage, we decided to start a family. After a few months of that, we realized that uh, I was having trouble, you know, getting pregnant. So, you know, normal things. I went to the doctor and I get checked up and uh, started my first fertility treatment. It was a span of seven years of trying with three different doctors, five fertility treatments in two different cities. And uh, that came to a point that um, after the fifth um, fertility treatment didn't work, we have to sit back and look at our life and and to to decide what we're going to do next. Right. Uh, at the very beginning, when my husband and I, you know, talk about planning a family and when we started facing the struggles, um, he was very open about adoption from the very beginning, uh, but I was not. I wanted the experience of the pregnancies, the, the, the pregnancy, the process. I wanted the experience of giving birth, having that baby, this my baby. And it came to a point that we had to decide, or for me especially, to be content with whatever the Lord has for our life. If it was not children at all or whatever, but I had to, because there was always going to be another treatment. Right. You know, there was always going to be something else. And do we continue? I mean, it's been seven years. Do we continue? And how much can we invest? Exactly. And uh, and we just decided that was the time we say we're just going to stop. And if this is what the Lord has for us, that's fine. We have a happy marriage. We have a very uh, uh, blessed ministry. And the other big change that happened right then was that we moved again. Uh, we we moved from uh, London, Oklahoma to uh, Tampa, Florida to be the DYSs in Florida. And that was a big change in our life 
So we kind of uh, decide, well, let's um, let's be content with this. Let's be content with not having children at this time. Be honest with God in your prayers. He really knows how you're feeling. He really knows way deep inside your heart, uh, what you're in your mind, what you're thinking, what you're feeling in your heart. Even you know the even the anger you feel sometimes. He knows all of that. So I was just being honest, and uh, and I told God, okay, if you want me to adopt, I need a sign. And my husband and I have not talked about adoption for over you know three or four years. So I told the Lord, I say, if you really want me to adopt, if this is what you want me to do, I want my husband to bring it up once one more time. If he does that, I will say yes, and we will do it. And how long did it take before he brought it up? <laughs> Not long. <laughs> Not long, right? Not long. So that was in the fall of 2009. And um, I remember uh, it was like January, and we were driving. And uh, my husband said, you know, I've been thinking about this with the earthquake that happened in Haiti there are going to be a lot of children up for adoption. Oh, there you go. And I'm like, I started bawling. I started crying in the car. And and I had to explain my husband <laughs> why. So I told him what had happened, how I had prayed about exactly these words. And and I had to, and I told him, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to start the, the adoption process. Your journey didn't end there, did it? No, it started a new journey, actually. Mm-hmm. Of two more years, I did some research and uh, I found a, a small Christian adoption agency in Ormond Beach, uh, Florida. Contacted them and we started the process. and It's it's a tedious process at the beginning. It's a lot of paperwork, a lot of interviews, um, a lot of meetings, and uh, we we went with open minds, open hearts to whatever the Lord gave us. You know, we didn't have. Uh, a, cho- uh, a choice of kids, we just whatever the Lord gave us, we were very open. Um, so we started that process, and um, we got a phone call that they had a baby for us, but our paperwork was not finalized yet. Oh wow! And the baby was due in, in uh, September. We had a month. So everything in your heart's telling you. We're coming to the end of this journey. Yes, this is the one. It has the Lord has answered every prayer. Everything has worked out perfectly. So I was able to be in the delivery room for 13 hours. I saw the baby born. Uh, I got to feed him the first time. We named him, and then um, on the next morning we went to the hotel. The next morning we were going to pick him up and bring him home. Right, and uh, as we were getting dressed. In the hotel that morning, we got a phone call. And uh, the phone call said the mom changed her mind. Oh. And that was... And your heart broke all compl- over yes. again. It was nothing that I was expecting, even thought about, though that it was mentioned in the process, in the orientation process, but you never think it's going to happen to you. Wow. Uh, after that... Um, to, you know, we had two more opportunities to adopt, and uh, uh, the same thing happened. After the baby was born, uh, they called us that. The mother changed her mind as well. In the state of Florida, after the mother gives birth, by law, she has 48 hours 
to make the final decision. So those 48 hours felt like eternity every time. Yes. This was in a span of, you know, nine months, all this roller coaster. Um, by then, he's been almost a year since, you know, we started the paperwork this March of 2011. And um, uh, all our paperwork expired. So we started to start all over oh, again. Oh, no. So we, it, it's just those, something in you that is so easy to quit in those moments. Yeah. But I always um, came back for, out of hope. That never left me, that this will happen someday. So we started the process all over again in March of 2011. And um, around the same time, August, we get another phone call that there was another baby that the mother has chosen us. Something very interesting happened. Um, we were not in the pool for adoption because our paperwork had, has expired. But this mom saw our picture and they say, I want this family. But they told they are not ready. But you say, I want this family. Oh, wow. So, so okay. So they call us and tell us, and we kind of process uh, the paperwork a little bit quicker. And they told us the baby was due in October. But we got a big surprise. The baby came a month earlier. The day before we were supposed to meet the mom, the baby was born. And he was a preemie, right? He was a preemie. So we packed everything and, uh, and went to the hospital, got there about 7 p.m., uh, and met the mom. Uh, this is always a difficult time, you know, because you, you're about to take her baby. And right. That's never easy. That's never easy. I see, the, I see the love in their eyes and the pain of having to let go. Um, and you don't, you don't always know their story of what, uh, how this child came to mm-hmm. be. And you don't know what her life journey has been. But here you are. Grace has brought you to this intersection of her life, and and you're about to, um, she's about to entrust you, mm-hmm. honestly, with the greatest gift that God's given to her. I remember I was at camp when I got the phone call, and and it was the, the caseworker. And you can always tell if she was going to give you bad news or good news because of the tone, the tone of her voice. So she said, uh, congratulations, Mrs. Murphy. The mom signed the papers. Ah, and your heart rejoiced. I literally collapsed. I got on the floor on my knees, and I started thanking the Lord and crying. And and then I had to run and tell my husband, (laughs) find him and tell him. And uh, and that night, we went back to the hospital and held our son in our arms. Well, you have quite... um a journey that you've mm-hmm. been on as a mom, and we know that our journeys never end as moms. Mm-hmm. But what would you say to that husband and wife um, out there who are where you and John were and um, are desperately wanting a child and mm-hmm. you know going through that roller coaster every month? What would you say to them? Surround yourself with people that, that will at times carry you through this process. You know, people that will support you, that pray with you, that you can come and just cry. You need to um, talk to people that have been going through the same experience because, you know, they can give you good advice. Um, Like I say before in your prayers, just be honest with God. Be honest and tell him, you know, what you want. And and, but I think 
for me, the main the main thing I learned through this whole process was hope. Don't let go of hope. In the closing of chapter five, I write these words. Remember, life is a paradox. God is doing the refining work for the plans He has for you in the fire you are going through right now. It's easy to lose heart in a hopeless situation, but don't let the enemy order you to stop dreaming. Pursue your hopes and dreams knowing God can do infinitely more than you would ever dare to ask or hope. Thank you, Christina, for joining me today and for sharing your story. It's a story that uh, inspires, and it's a story that gives hope, particularly for those who feel like they're in a hopeless situation in their life right now. The Salvation Army's mission, Doing the Most Good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to the Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support, and we'd love to hear from you. Email us at radio at uss.salvationarmy.org. Call 1-800-229-9965 or write us at P.O. Box 29972, Atlanta, Georgia, 30359. Tell us how we can help. Share prayer requests or share your testimony. We would love to use your story on the air. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes or your favorite podcast store, and be sure to give us a rating. Just search for The Salvation Army's Words of Life. Follow us on social media for the latest episodes, extended interviews, and more. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit your local Salvation Army Worship Center. They'll be glad to see you. This is Bernie Dake inviting you to join us next time for The Salvation Army's Words of Life.